This week's podcast brought to you by Noodle Spork. Just the other day, people think, you know, magazines are dead. I can tell you that they are not print magazines, okay? Because we, one of them that we get, The New Yorker, lie, they lie around the house and, um, you know, maybe the kids will pick them up and, and ignite a love of reading. And, and the other day, our 11-year-old said, hey, what happened to that copy of The New Yorker that was on the kitchen counter? And I said, oh, that's on the nightstand in my room now. Were you reading something in that or were you just looking at the cartoons? And she said, neither. I put my four-leaf clover in there. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fat. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Well, we were off last week. I was in Minneapolis. You were in. New York a couple of times. Were you in Brooklyn? I was in, yeah, I was in New York multiple times. I was in Brooklyn Mother's Day weekend, sat the Saturday of Mother's Day weekend. You were supposed to leave the house at 5.45 a.m. The car was, was going to take you down in a torrential downpour, but yes. the car didn't show up. That's right. So I was I was calling a Connecticut son at New York Liberty game, which are played now in, at Barclays Center in Brooklyn, set up a car service through work. Um, they set up, like I called the travel, the ESPN's travel department, set up the car service, got the confirmation. Saturday morning, I've got my bag, I'm ready to go. It's a little before 6 a.m. and there's no car. You were stood up at the altar. I was. I called the car service number and they said, oh, the reservation's been canceled. And I said, by who? And uh, they said, well, let me see if we can get a car to you. And I'm thinking, I'm in northern Connecticut. You're a New York-based car company. There's no way you're getting a car to me. So she gets back on. She said, we're sorry. We're not getting a car to you. I said, I know you're not getting a car to me. So You weren't I, terribly pleased, I, I must say. I wasn't terribly pleased. There, it was raining torrentially. You had to prepare for your game the, and couldn't yeah, do it while driving. That's the biggest thing is I had planned on, I downloaded two WNBA games onto my iPad. I would have easily been able to watch both of them on my drive to Brooklyn, as long as I wasn't driving. But a big stress, as you're mentally preparing while you're driving, is where am I going to park at the oh, Barclays yeah. Center? So yeah. I said, I so, said there, so, there anyways, are a couple so I, of- So I jump in the minivan, jump in the minivan, say to you, well, I guess I'm driving myself. You're, you said, you know, can I drive you to the train station? This and I said, no, the only way for me to make it on time, I can't even go to the hotel at this point, is I got to get in the minivan, put Barclays Center into my GPS, GPS. and drive to Brooklyn. And so, look, you know, again, torrential downpour. I'm very familiar driving to New York City, like to the Upper West Side. You and I have done that many, many times. We've driven driven to Brooklyn like twice. So I'm not nearly as familiar with that latter part of the drive. Anyway. We usually drive to Manhattan and you get on the subway, public transport, whatever. So I I get in touch with my producer and I said, is there any way? Because Ryan Rucco, who's who's my play-by-play person, he does a ton of games for the Brooklyn Nets. So I said, I asked him, I said, you know, how's parking around Barclays Center? He's like, it's awful. It's really hard to park down there. So I get in touch with my producer and said, is there any way would New York let me park in the arena? Like players um, are allowed to, you know, drive their car, park at the arena. So I get like probably a half hour away and I get the, the text, I've been allowed to park. Just drive up to the security gate, Put you know, use this address, drive up to the security gate. You'll then go on the car elevator and somebody will park your car. Now, now do, do, do cars look at each other on the car elevator? Are you allowed to make headlight contact or anything like that? <laughs> I don't know. Is it like a human elevator where you just have to stare straight ahead? That's right, what I'm right. Well, well, first of all, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I don't love elevators. I don't, especially crowded elevators. If an elevator is crowded, like if I'm on an elevator and a bunch of people get on and it gets crowded, I will get off the elevator. I don't like being on a crowded elevator. I will gladly take stairs. I just don't like sort of the claustrophobic feeling of a crowded elevator. So now I'm thinking, oh my gosh, a car elevator, what's this going to be like? Well, 
So again, in the torrential downpour, I pull up. The people at Barclay Center could not have been nicer. The New York Liberty, Liberty once again, could not have been more generous and gracious to allow me to park. Um, so the door opens. And this so thing, the door on the street do, yeah, you the, drive onto. So, so you pull up like, you feel like you're almost pulling up onto the sidewalk. And in front of me is this massive door. And when it opens, I realize... This car elevator is made for like a team bus or even a Mack truck. Sure. Like th- that's that's actually how the team buses get sure. into the arena. So I pull in and I'm like, I'm not claustrophobic at all in this thing. There's a guy who like pulls me forward. So I drive forward. You don't even really feel the thing moving down. You can just see in front of you like the the walls change. But you don't feel it. And you get to the bottom and I pull out. and the guy had, 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 had another car on the elevator pressed all the buttons <laughs> yeah. in the bag. There's an elevator attendant. And uh, I get off the elevator and there's a guy right there. And I said, I've never done this before. What happens? And he said, he said, I'll park your car. He said, and then when you want your car back, just tell me. And I said, well, I'm not going to want it back till after the game tonight. We still be here. He's like, yeah. So he takes my car and, and, and you texted me and said, you know, make sure he doesn't confuse your well, car. Well, we said we were, I was at one of our kids' soccer games and I was telling another dad what was going on. And... He said, well, we, we, we imagined the security guy saying, uh, oh, the car elevator is coming up. Uh, clear Mr. Durant's parking space and, um, and or, or, or Jay-Z's parking space or whomever. And, and then, as my friend said, it was the first ever Honda Odyssey with the my child was student at the mo- of the month at such and such school rolling off of the <laughs> car true, elevator park except Center. for the my child was student of the month sticker yeah so exactly so i get out and then when it was time to leave after the game th- at that point all the players w- were there and like and WNBA, WNBA players have nice cars you know there is really nice cars down there and uh and it was the same guy so he went and pulled the black honda odyssey minivan around did you ask him if it was a, a thrill to drive that <laughs> even for no, such a but short I bet distance it was. and uh and this time though when i pulled onto the car elevator to to go up and then release me at street level a car pulled on behind me easily a third car could have pulled in but it was a second car and and Ryan Rucco was with me because I was going to drop him off at his home in uh, in Southern Connecticut on, on the way. You turn your engine off on the elevator. Yes, you turn your engine off. Yeah, there's a sign, turn your engine off. But I'm sitting there and my phone rings and a number I don't recognize, but I answered it and it was, hi, Rebecca, we're from whatever car company and uh, we're here to, to pick you up to drive you home. And I was I was in no mood. I'm usually pleasant to people, and I understand whose fault things are. And I just said to him, I said, well, I don't need you because you guys canceled my reservation this morning. So I had to drive myself. So I'm also driving myself home. Did you say, don't ever bother me? Didn't I tell you never to bother me <laughs> while I'm on the car elevator at the Barclays Center? <laughs> right. Right. So, uh, so anyway, and then ended up. It was actually really nice because for the first hour of the drive home, I had company because um, Ryan was when they dropped him off and then drove the way, the rest of the way myself. But it was, I had expected it to be a relatively relaxing travel experience, driving down in a car service, you know, doing work, coming home. I downloaded like a movie or shows because at that point, like the game was over. I could relax. I was even thinking, oh, I can nap because I have to get, I was getting up at five. I'll, I'll nap on the ride home. And uh, none of those things happened. Well, you had a lovely Mother's Day the next day that made up and, for it. had an amazing Mother's Day. Got to watch soccer, youth soccer, youth basketball, um, and then I worked that night in Bristol. But it was for night games, so that was fine. Um, lovely Mother's Day with the kids. You I guys surprised. made me some great cards. That that's always my favorite thing to get. Is not the gifts, but it's the the thoughtful cards. Each kid um, made me a card. You made me a card. It was lovely. I surprised you by. Um, I know you're not supposed to get appliances on Mother's Day, but but you had mentioned the previous. <laughs> week the need for a new toaster only only half of the toaster works now our toaster's broken it's broken and our toaster it's it's not like an it's expensive toaster no, it's I, like I, a I, lower end model toaster so i said I, I could i could have set the time machine for 1948 and, and taken it to a, an appliance repair shop i don't even think you could repair this thing like it's well, they don't exist such a anymore. piece of whatever things aren't made to be repaired so i just anymore. said to you i'm like you know if to be practical 
I told you we could we could use a new toaster and maybe even instead of just getting a, a normal toaster, like get a, a toaster oven just that way, you know, when kids want to reheat a piece of cold pizza or, you know, make Engl- English muffin pizza, you don't have to, we don't have to turn the whole oven on. We can just use the toaster oven. So I, that's what I thought I did. I, I got you a toaster oven. I was very proud of it. You, uh, you it was too big out to this wrap. this enormous box. Covered in a blanket. This giant box. And like I can tell by the way you're carrying it that it's heavy. And we we removed the sheet as if it moved the blanket as if it were a statue statue unveiling, a work of art. And And you burst into laughter. I did. And it's a hard thing because I understood the thought and effort that went in, the cost that went into the gift that you got me. But it was so a you thing to happen that the misunderstanding of it all because I just asked for like a toaster oven that you make toast in. And I just got a, a toaster oven. And you got me a convection I got you oven. an oven. You got me an I oven said, isn't oven. this a toaster, toaster oven? You said, it's an oven. It's an oven. So there is a toaster oven setting on it, but it's like a big giant thing. It's like bigger than, a, probably bigger than most microwave ovens and you put it on your countertop, but it's a convection oven. Like it's a second, you can use it as a regular oven. You can, you, there is a toaster oven yeah. setting, but I just had to laugh because like your heart was so in the right place and you got it so, so wrong. Just wanted a cheap little if I may, toaster oven that I can shove back in the cabinet when we're not when we're not making toast. <laughs> if I may, and it, I also gave you the gift of you said it's okay, I'll return it this week, and I said no, no, no. I didn't have time. as as a gift to you. I'll return it. You were a little bit miffed. I was super miffed, but but at myself more than anything. And if I may paraphrase the old Pillsbury advertising mm-hmm. jingle, nothing says loving like giving you the wrong oven. <laughs> And our poor little, our our eleven, our yeah, our eleven year old was so excited. Um, she she had the idea for from the other gift you guys got me, which I've gotten a lot of use of already, and that's a comfy. It's one of those like basically blanket shirts. Um, when I'm cold, I can put on that. That was a home run of a gift. That was her idea, so I was glad that like you know that was great. But I, I could tell she was excited about the other one too. And then all of the kids, when you weren't looking, Kate gave me kind of the. The uh, knowing nod of, yeah, that's dad, like looking at me like, yeah, we kind of knew you didn't want a convection of it, but <laughs> that's just dad. No, actually, I forgot. Before <laughs> before you could burst into laughter, as you were bursting into laughter, when the sheet was unveiled, our 15-year-old said, where are you going to put that? <laughs> well, and I kind of looked at her and like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we do have a house that has double ovens. So, like, the notion that we would need a third oven. <laughs> I mean, I just don't know what you were thinking. But it, we don't but use it the, was we so use, thoughtful we, and we it only was use, so kind we only use the and second, so wrong. We only use the second oven as storage. <laughs> I ho- thought maybe we could use this as more storage. <laughs> on, ho- on holidays, we might use the second oven, like, twice a year. But but we use the second oven every day as a food safe. <laughs> That's true. Where we put the the dog the one thing of dog food in if there our, so the other dog doesn't eat it. Right, or if we right. have leftovers that the kids are coming home from practice in half an hour. We rather than leave it on the table, <laughs> we put it there so the dogs don't get it. it is like, a, it's, did any part of you think those safe. things when you were when you were buying this third oven? Did any part of you think, "Wow, we don't even use our second oven"? I wonder if, why she wants a third oven, or did you honestly just think that that was the size of a toaster? Oven? You know that I have many, many anti gifts, <laughs> and, and perhaps the greatest of those is a complete inability to judge. Space. I know, but space. like, you're like my spatial you, awareness is did not. Did you pick the thing up right. and say, "Wow, it takes sixty pounds to toast bread"? No, but when I had two attendants from Bed Bath and Beyond carry it <laughs> to the car for me, I thought, "Is this really what she wants for toast? Seems excessive." Oh my gosh, this will go down as one of the um, one of the all time greats. You, I felt bad. You, you were not. You were not um, finding it funny. I was wounded in the immediate aftermath. You were wounded and, and, and angry, and um, but I'm now glad I'm just, that now, but now I'm just we wounded. We can laugh about it. <laughs> we still we, we still have to return that thing because I was going to return it because the next like a day or two later you were flying out to Minneapolis yeah. to visit with your family, and I said I would return it. I just never got around I think to it. You but. that was the day, that was the, the morning after Mother's Day. You were in studio Sunday night until some ungodly hour one yeah, a.m. or like something after midnight. Yeah, and then I left. The house at four forty-five in the morning. That's right. Um, the next to, day. to for a, a flight that boarded at five thirty or five forty, and that uh, boarding process was well, not the boarding process. That was interesting in its own right. My favorite thing that I overheard was while the scrum was going to uh, 
you know, you know, they did the usual anybody who needs a little extra time in boarding and a guy yeah. sort of, uh, you know, belaboredly boarded the plane who I later saw swim moving up the aisle to uh, to use the bathroom. But uh, yeah, military, uh, retired military, et cetera. A few more people. I think it's on. active military. I don't think active, they care. No, about no, retired. they do. They retired oh, military. They retired absolutely. As well. Absolutely. Good. And, um, and uh, then they did um, first class and, and Delta Sky, et cetera, et cetera. Then, you know, 40 people zoomed for the, uh, they could no longer contain themselves and they, they uh, raced for the, for the gate. And as the attendant was scanning, the, the gate agent was scanning the tickets, a uh, lady was trying to sneak around the kiosk to jump the line. Mm-hmm. And the guy, I saw a guy in line stop and say, oh, no, oh, go ahead of me. And she said, no, you go. I'm not in first class. And the guy said, neither am I. And I just thought that was <laughs> such a, because, of course, once they finished boarding first class, there's about eight seats left on the plane. Right. And uh, uh, because nobody waits. But then when, when, we, when we did board, um, the lady one row in front of me across the aisle. I was on the aisle. She was on the aisle. 5.40 a.m., mind you. Kicked off the shoes, no socks, and just aired out the aired out the dogs. Yeah. Aired out the tootsies. And, uh, were, they, were they like well taken care of tootsies? Because that I, makes a difference. If you see a woman and her they feet were, they look were, clean and maybe even has a pedicure, you think differently than if it's like dirty man no, feet. No, no. I... I, um, I, I, I I didn't find them particularly appealing, uh, appealing. <laughs> nor nor can I imagine the circumstances in which I would have. But uh, but then uh, they remained off for the entirety of the flight, and and when when we were finally taxing, actually when she finally standing to to deplane, she was then trying to slip her shoes back on her feet. But um, the impulse, the what is the thought process? Forget the thought process of me buying you an oven for Mother's Day, but what, what is the thought process there? I just don't, of removing don't understand. the shoes. But my brother picked me up at the airport, Tom, of Tom, Dick, and Harry. And when I mentioned this, he said, how many people were pounding drinks at 5.40 a.m.? And that's a question I couldn't answer, but but I'm sure there were many. But anyway, I had a nice short visit, too short visit in Minneapolis. Saw my dad, saw Tom, saw my sister Amy, nieces and nephews, and... Um, uh, I got to watch Twins game with my dad. The Twins were getting no hit. I didn't go to the game, though it was at, at home. And the Twins uh, bench coach came out to change pitchers, and my dad said, who is this guy? And I said, "I said, well, Rocco Baldelli, the manager, is out with COVID, so he's serving as interim manager. He was the manager of the Padres the last couple of years and got fired. What's his name? I said, his name is Jace Tingler. What's his name? Jace Tingler. J-A-C-E? J-A-Y-C-E, mm-hmm. I think. Last name Tingler, T-I-N-G-L-E-R. And my dad's comment uh, was, in, in his vintage, my dad's kind of comment to the TV from when I was a kid, so I was enjoying it immensely, was, you would think if you already had a goofy last name, you wouldn't give your kid a goofy first name. <laughs> which, <laughs> I don't know that it's a goofy first name, and you certainly can't help your last name. But, uh, but yeah, kind of, I think it's kind Tingler. of a cool name. It is kind of cool. Jace Tingler. Jace sounds... Tingler. It's like a movie star or, yeah, a, or whatever, a secret agent yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah totally. So. I um I had the, uh, uh, an experience flying where I actually did take my shoes off but left my socks on. Flew out to Seattle to call a Seattle Storm Phoenix Mercury game. So fri- the game's on Saturday, the Friday before. It's early in the day. And, uh, and, I get a notification that I'm flying through Detroit to get to Seattle, that my flight has been delayed two hours and I'm going to miss my connection. These are the things on the, you know, when you're already having to travel across the country that don't delight you. This is, again, the, the, the segment that we should get sponsored, Rebecca's Missed Connections. Yes. Remember we talked about, I saw you on the subway. You were wearing a red yes. parka. Yes. Missed Connections. Sliding doors. Uh, village Voice. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Missed Connections so, with Rebecca Lobo. So I'm like, all right, delightful. So I call our, our travel department back who, by the way, are terrific when it comes to flights. Not so great this last time with the car service, but terrific how when it are comes they, to flights. How are they with uh, boat travel? Yeah. If you need overseas uh, <laughs> No. So call, and so the woman was wonderful. She's like trying to, all these different options. All right, well, that flight's full, that flight's full. Like every flight, it felt like was full. And then finally she found me one. All right, this is one, leaves around the same time. Now we're through Chicago. 
different airline. You're going to go on Alaskan Airlines. Still get there like 11 p.m. their time, 2 a.m. body clock time. Who cares? I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. So that was Friday. And Friday was also our, our senior daughter's prom. I missed her junior prom, calling a game. And um, it's like, okay. So at least I the reason I had taken such a, a, the last flight out was so I could help her get ready. I wasn't going to be able to make it to pictures. I wasn't going to like see her off, but I would be able to help her get ready into her dress and all of that. So I'm getting her in, you know, helping her. About to leave, um, head to the airport, and I get a call from my boss saying, we're not sure things are a little bit up in the air regarding this game because there's already two players out with COVID. There's two other players who are under the weather. They're getting tested, but the results won't be until tomorrow. We don't know what's going to happen. I said, okay, well, can you find out before I fly to Seattle? And then part of me is thinking, oh, this would be amazing. Maybe the game, you know, they'll put us on a different game where I can go and see our daughter's prom, you know, see all the kids get their pictures taken, whatever. Anyway, I, I thought it would be amazing too. I was getting my hopes up as I was at the prom picture. Yeah, that's thing. the worst. As you start getting your hopes up that oh my gosh, I might not have to fly cross country. I might be able to do a game on the East Coast and then blah blah. Anyway, right before getting on to the uh, plane, my my boss calls me. She's like, "This the game's a go. You you definitely fly out there." And then the players ended up being negative for COVID. It all worked out great. It was a phenomenal game. Phoenix won. Diana Taurasi had a great game. It was close late. Like it was, it, the crowd was incredible. We Our were kids back. and I remarked on how cool the Seattle floor was. We liked the Seattle floor. Oh yeah, it was. And we're back in what used to be Key Arena after you know three years where they're playing somewhere else. And uh, so it was awesome. It was a blast. I was so glad I was there and went and whatever. But yeah, when you have that moment of Ooh, I may not have to, you know, fly across country. But anyway, when I was flying back, I was flying direct into Boston. Like I never, I can never fly West Coast to Hartford direct. So Holly was also. You, you get a good sleep going. You have to land in Detroit, you go wake to, up, so you spend get like an hour and a half. Three hours. Yeah. yeah. Then you're awake for a bunch of hours. So anyway, so Holly had to come back for the um, softball selection show. So we're on the same flight into Boston. And it was my first time being on a Delta plane. And uh, we're upgraded into first class, and they've got the lay flat seats. Like, literally, like you recline them and your feet, it's like a bed. Can I ask, are they lay flat or lie flat? I don't know that. Um, they, they would be lay flat if you were laying them flat. They would be so lie flat if you're lying flat. down on them. It depends what, yeah, what I don't perspective know. is coming. I don't know what they are. She and I actually had this conversation. I, I don't know what they're called. Um, and it would have been a in a six-hour flight. I would have gotten a, a great amount of sleep except it, the plane was freezing so I couldn't sleep very well I was so wishing I'd had the cozy the comfy the comfy lay lie, lay flat lie flat comfy cozy it's a comfy right I was so wishing I had the comfy that the kids gave me for Mother's Day but when we first got on the plane there's a woman um, across the aisle who was nursing her infant this little baby who was absolutely adorable so but Holly did a, like an Instagram post a video of you know, talking about me being on a on a plane with lie flat slash lay flat seats for the first time, and she posts it, and I go and I look at it, and I said, Holly, <laughs> behind me, the woman is nursing, and she's not using anything to cover herself, so you see all of her bosom in its fullest glory. So <laughs> we just start laughing. She takes the video down, reposts it, but this time like puts a big heart emoji or something well-placed so that you can't see the woman's bosom um, and, uh, and flew, back, flew back into Boston. But it was, um, it was one of the more interesting travel experiences just because didn't know if I was going to go and then coming back in uh, relative comfort on the flight. And I did. I took my shoes off, but I left my socks on. That's, is that acceptable to you on an overnight flight? The removal of shoes as long as socks stay on. I think Randy Newman would advise you can leave your hat on. Well, but they even they used to. I don't know if they still do. When you'd fly overseas, they would give you they the, little give you the sock socks covers, with yeah. the um, yep. with the no stick bottoms. Yeah, they like or the no the full stick socks. bottoms because yeah. they would want you to stick. So I think they encourage you on overnight flights to to remove the shoes. I want to know what you thought about this. I hadn't told you this yet. So when I was flying out there that Friday and I was going through O'Hare, and I think it was like about 8 o'clock when I was at O'Hare, but I hadn't had dinner. And most things were closed already. And I see a Starbucks and there's people like up at the counter 
So I, I walk over and I'm looking at the case. I'm not going to try to get a drink that they have to make. I'm just going to get one of those like cheese and salami things. And the woman behind the counter looks at me, um, not pleasantly, and said, we're closed. That's why the entrance isn't open. And I look and realized I'd come in like the exit and there was like a little thing covering the entrance. And she was so incredibly rude. And I looked at her for a second and I was going to say, even just to get this, like I don't want to drink. And instead I was just like. Said you grabbed her by. (laughs) I was worried if I opened my mouth, what might come out. So instead of saying, even just to get this, I just gently put it back and walked away (laughs) and was just like, there's no need for her to be that incredibly rude. So then I went over to like this little self-scanning things where you, where they have food and beverage and I got like I don't know what they were it was like some sort of like noodles that were in like a Tupperware thing and I and and they have spoons available but no forks so I even asked the woman who's like supervising the self-checkout I said you guys any forks no do you know how hard it is to eat noodles with a spoon <laughs> like long noodles I've never tried it before because I've never had to and you have to like scoop them up to your mouth and then like bring them to your. It's. I mean, you could do it with a spork, but. What I was just going to say, what I would have given for a spork. Yeah. My kingdom for a spork. Like n- next time you are eating spaghetti, or these were kind of wider, flatter noodles. I think they were like, it was an, an Asian um, entree, but you know mm-hmm. what I'm kind of, yep. what I mean, like lo mein noodles yep. almost. Not only try eating them with a spoon, try eating them with a slippery plastic spoon. <laughs> it's you, very, very you know, challenging. Do you know who has a noodle spork? Who has a noodle spork? Jace Tingler. <laughs> Jace Tingler definitely has probably a gold noodle spork. Um, but if anybody had seen, like, I could not have looked more impolite or like I had no manners, but I was just so hungry bringing this like and I don't even think I brought the noodles to my face I think I brought my face to the noodles it was it was unbelievable but anyway but try but, try it anybody can can complain about rude uh, service or you know harried workers but I want to give props to two different establishments one caribou coffee at Minneapolis St. Paul Airport I went to order a coffee for the first time ever in a commercial establishment I think mm-hmm. Well, earlier. Oh, that's right. When I was when I was with my dad, you were with your dad, and he, I was. He said, "I hear you drink coffee now. Why don't we go into Starbucks?" I said, "Well, only if you want coffee." And he said, "Sure, I have coffee about twice a year." But I'll. Tr-. And so I texted you and said, "What would I order at Starbucks?" I, I think I may have been. Um, I was somewhere, and I just got your thing. You said, "What?" Um, my dad and I are going to Starbucks. And how do I say what, it? What do I order, and how do I say it? And you, and you responded with an order, and you, and then later you sent me a, a motivational text that, that said, "You can do this!" Exclamation mark. I did. So I ordered what I ordered, and then I, and my dad said, "I'll have the same thing, but without the cream." And he loved it. He absolutely loved it. We sat there for twenty minutes. He said, "I can see how this could become addictive." I texted his order to my siblings there so that they could get the same. It's just thing a for dark him. roast coffee with some vanilla flavoring. In yeah, it that's for what him. he had. He yeah. loved it. And he yeah. said, "Do you leave this thing on?" Meaning the little sippy lid thing. I said, "You yeah. can. You don't have to. Most people do." Uh, he did, but um, but that wasn't the, the great ser- service. Was great there, but the, the service at, at Minneapolis Paul Airport. I ordered my coffee, and the young this is at the kid, caribou. Yeah, caribou. Maybe he's twenty years old. I don't know. Eighteen. He was young, but he's wearing a Liverpool uh, football club jersey. And I said, "Oh, you're a Liverpool fan?" Yes, yes. And I said, "You know, I, I said I've been, uh, I became an Arsenal kind of fan thirty years ago, and uh, but you know, Liverpool are much more uh, interesting right now." And uh, we started talking about Liverpool, and then his buddy working there, he said, "This guy's a Manchester United fan, Man United fan." So we were, we were three of us talking. The line was backing up behind me, but I didn't care. I talked to this these guys for ten minutes. You know, uh, they were they were really interested in what what it, what it's like to go over there, how much the tickets cost, you know, the whole logistics of it. And I was urging them to go attend the game, wishing him luck in the in the uh, Champions League final, Liverpool, all this stuff. And it was just he was he was great. And he reached over the counter, introduced himself. You know, so I'm, I'm shaking hands with this guy, talking about the Premier League. It was it was delightful. But then. I mean, we, so much has happened in the last since we last did a podcast, and I'm just having this recovered memory now. You, when you're in Seattle, mm-hmm. I think you know this. Um, when, I, when I drove home from the prom pictures, 
Mm-hmm. The high school parking lot is, a, is you know. It's a high school parking it's lot. It's garbage strewn, rubble strewn. and uh, Pothole and I, strewn. Pothole strewn. I think that's what was the culprit. My tire pressure light went on. But I had to drive straight to soccer practice to pick up our daughter and her friend. And, and they got in the car chatting. But as soon as she got in the car and were driving away, and she had an ice pack, which I didn't notice until we were driving away. She, she started crying. She had an ice pack on her elbow. On her elbow. And uh, and she said she in a, in a drill, there was a 50-50 ball. They both kicked it at the same time, and she, they tumbled, and she landed on her elbow, and her elbow hurt. Okay, so we'll, we'll continue to ice it. But meanwhile, um, I'm kind of thinking that the tire is losing air. I dropped off her friend. I went home. The tire is, I can, visu- the rear right tire is visually low. So I have to go to the grocery. I went to the grocery in a different car, came back. The tire is completely flat. I won't. I won't uh, do a victory lap on me changing the tire and putting you the spare send, on. Well, I did do that. Well, first you said I've got a flat tire, and from Seattle, you said, call I'm AAA. saying, why don't you call AAA? I'm calling AAA. I waited six hours for them last I time. I know, but this time, who cares if you wait six hours? You're at your house. Because I can do this. Okay. Okay. So, so well, you've never done this but before. But I did. I did so, it. I did it. So, it worked. I put so the spare I could on. tell that you were not. You were not feeling me giving you advice from three thousand miles away to call AAA. Right. So I stopped that line right. of, of uh, it was, call. It was. It was. It was uh, perceptive of you. I went to bed. I woke up the next morning, and I, I see. I had changed. I put. I put the spare on. You know, you change. That was the first time you've changed tire, right? I believe so. So, so I put the spare on, um, but we still. Oh, in the meantime, that Saturday, our our eleven year old went to softball practice, went to dance class, went to softball practice, and played in her soccer game. Told, we, telling, saying she couldn't do throw-ins. Yes, and you told you did tell me, Rose's, you know, saying that her arm hurts, and she even woke up in the night. Yeah, saying it hurt. And that was my red flag, and I was just like, oh, no. So anyway, you took her to the urgent care on so, Sunday morning. So well, she said to me, she's like, will you take me to the urgent care when I get home? So I flo- fly into Boston, drive home, take her to the urgent care, and she's got a fractured elbow. Yeah, fractured elbow. She's in a sling. She played a soccer game on Sunday. I did buy her compression sleeve for the soccer game on Saturday. Well, thank you, Dr. Rush. And she told, me yesterday, she told me yesterday that her friend, whose brother had broken his arm, said that, I can play in soccer games if I bubble wrap my cast. I said, well, you don't have a cast, but uh-huh. if I get a cast... And I have to go see the orthopedist. So today you're taking her the, to the orthopedist. And it, when I call... I said, you understand that the bubble wrap isn't to protect you. It's to protect anybody who might get hit by your right, cast. Right. I called the orthopedist and I uh, said, I need to make a new appointment. said, we should have our insurance in your system because my son was there this past fall because he broke his wrist playing basketball. And our 15-year-old said, remember two weeks after the last time Rose was in a sling... She, our, our now 15, 15-year-old, broke her Yeah, when they were arm. little. So anyway, so the, so the woman who's at the orthopedist office, she said, oh, she's already in the system. And I said, oh, yeah, I forgot when she was little. She broke her wrist. So um, anyway, well, anyway she's, the, the, a, she's a tough cookie. Yeah. And, and the reason I bring up this in the context of great service was because uh, I still needed to get a new tire. Right or or the old tire repaired and and so um, has the dealership called you back? Never yet, called by me the back. Way. Two days later, but but I went to a place not far from our house, and they said, "Yeah, just come in." And I and I, I went uh-huh. in, and they took my keys. It was super busy, lots of people coming in and out, but super efficient. They drove it into the garage. Twenty minutes later, they tossed me the keys and said, uh, "Yeah, we we patched it. the The spare was stowed, and all the tools were stowed, which I couldn't even figure out how to put all that stuff back together." in the cargo thing of the, of the car. And uh, so I'm standing there with my credit card out, and the guy looked at my credit card like, that's not good here. There's no charge. And I said, what do you mean there's no charge? Said, there's no charge. And I said, there's no charge. I just took half an hour of your time in the middle of a busy day. He said, no, that, that's, that's what we do. And so I, I turned to go, and I turned back, and I said, like, uh, I'm wondering what the catch is. And the guy said, this, this is what we do. If you need and, tires, if you need tires, think of us. Well, well, that's the whole thing. It'd be one thing if we had purchased tires from them before, and you had gone there, and you were a regular customer, and then they then patch the hole in your tire. We've never gone there before, and they still did this incredible we will courtesy. Go there. Well, yeah. Next time we need tires on any of our cars, even before we need tires, I'm just going to get tires and, and stockpile them from <laughs> this place. <laughs> just, just to be show your appreciation for Absolutely. Route 10 tire. Uh, shall we go to viewer mail? Yes, it's time for viewer mail. Big bad look, throw our lure, reel us in with your viewer mail. Our first uh, viewer mail comes in from Tim in Jefferson City, our resident bracketologist. 
Have you sent him his swag yet, Rebecca? I don't do that. Okay. That's your job. Uh, good morning. Oh, I th- it's fact-checking. You still Hello. haven't sent our bracketologist this swag? Che- we haven't gotten something of sufficient um, import. Okay. Well, let's find something of sufficient import. In the meantime, okay. he has a fact-checking follow-up. Okay. I think this is the first time our podcast has been fact-checked. Good morning, Rebecca and Steve. Thanks for sharing the story of my wife's sewing mishap at school. However, like a good editor, I need to correct a couple of my own factual errors. Am I allowed to do my own fact-checking? Here we go. Ready, Rebecca? I told her about my last viewer mail, and she corrected me on a couple of points. Here they are in bullet point format. First, the repair was not a button, but rather a small tear in her pants caused by a fall on the playground. Do you remember she had sewn yes. a button on and in, in a way that... Um, he just said it wasn't a button. It wasn't a button. That's correct. Oh, I'm, I'm magnifying his error now. But rather a small tear in her pants. You're not magnifying his error. You're magnifying your error. I'm amplifying his error and yeah. magnifying your error. But they're both your errors. On on your Seattle game, you were talking to Ryan about zooming in on something or magnifying. Um, they were, they were, do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. I, oh, because we were watching a replay and I said something about like magnifying you know, and he didn't respond. So I said, "Zooming in," and he said, "Yes, I, I know, know what magnifying, magnifying means." <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, she had tried to kick a ball and caught it wrong and stumbled and fell. Yes, she was okay. Only her pride was bruised, but she did cause quite an alarm when she reported the fall on her walkie-talkie. For example, uh, the school nurse came. The school nurse came running. Second, the needle and thread came from the school nurse's office, not from a kit in her classroom. Okay, I think I got everything else correct. She tried to sew the whole. Uh, while having the pant leg gathered up to work on, so got the needle through the fabric underneath by mistake and ended up with half a pant leg. So that part was correct. The, the real crux of the of the folly was correct, right? Yes, We're correcting yes, minor details, yes. but but the, uh, the the sort of uh, let's say the buffoonery remains, right? Yes. She had finished completely, so I had to undo the whole thing to get her pant leg back down while simultaneously handing a class full of third handling a class full of third graders. Thanks again for sharing our story. She was excited to hear about the swag. Tim in Jefferson City. Well, I, I fear that that excitement may be, uh, may be uh, ill-conceived, Rebecca, unless yeah. you get some good swag out there. I think I've got, I've got something in mind to send him. I'll, I'll make this happen. Excellent. Hello, Rebecca. Steve, uh, writing today on Cinco de Mayo, but hoping you had a great Mother's Day. This is, comes from uh, Jeff in Minnesota. Love how your topics always hit close to home. Was listening to the podcast discussion about you taking your daughter to college in the fall as I was picking up my son from year three of college. Remember, like it was yesterday, dropping my daughter off at college, and now it's been two years since she graduated, and now my son is almost done too. I mean, it's it's already going too I fast, know, and we haven't dropped her fast. off yet. I know. It's, it's bananas. Certainly. Uh, take in all the moments you can and enjoy them. We'll go faster than you can imagine. Uh, we're we're, uh, we're, we're going to spend every day... Bearing that in mind, right, yes. Rebecca? Enjoying yes. every sandwich? Yes. My daughter and I are making a trip to D.C. and New York in a week or so, spending four nights in each city. It's our first visit, so we'll primarily be doing all the main tourist things, but wondering if you can suggest one not-so-obvious thing to do as well as one place to eat in both cities, um, D.C. and New York, Rebecca, uh, something that What you was that cool bar we ate at in D.C. that— um, Old Ebbet Grill yes. in D.C.? That was a cool place. That is a cool place. I think it's the oldest restaurant in D.C. Yeah. The, uh, uh, the Old Ebbets Grill. Yeah. And, and if you can't get a reservation for the front part of the restaurant the bar, where that's the tables are, the bar's better the anyway. The bar is circa cool 1800-something. Yeah. of different presidents that have been there or, or gone by in yeah, their yeah. motorcades. Go to the back of that bar. And and our kids were able to eat with us there, too. So yeah, it's, yeah. Um, it was but, a cool place. Yeah, I would, I would recommend that was as kind of an off-the-beaten path. Old Ebbets Grill. And, and, I mean, it's touristy. But... You did it with our son in D.C. I did it separately a couple of years later with our son in D.C. last summer. We made uh, the rounds of we, – we did the, the loop of all of the monuments, including the obscure the ones. So like uh, James Madison uh, – not James Madison, uh, George Mason over by the um, – the uh, the uh, what you might call it the, the lagoon. I'm I'm I'm. This is, well, I, this is what I would recommend: get up early in the morning. First of all, it's not nearly as hot. Um, but it's also the, the all the school groups aren't out um, and go to the mall and walk and see the monuments. And then if you can also do it in the evening after the sun's gone down, same reason. There's not as many people out there. It's cooler and it's, they just look completely different at night than they do during the day. Um, but if you like to exercise, I don't know if you're if you like to run, also a great place to run or walk. But um, 
that's that like whenever I've called games in Washington D.C., I make it a point to go down to the mall and walk around and see the monuments and stuff. It's just spectacular. Where would you recommend they eat in New York, Rebecca? I don't know. I we haven't been to New York in a in a long, long and like while. three days. But well, uh, no, but I mean like to eat. I don't even remember. I don't even know what's. What's what's, what's cool? What? You were just there. You ate at uh, where'd you eat at uh, with Billy Crystal at? Uh, oh, Mr. Chow's. At Mr. Chow's, little fancy down in Tribeca. There's, I think there's a couple, but uh, yeah, I wouldn't go there. Um, <laughs> it was fine, but <laughs> it was what about, fine. What about Mrs. Chow's? It was Chow's? very expensive, and yeah. it was fine. Um, but uh, do you have any place to recommend? I think in New York, uh, you you uh, you go to a classic New York diner. I would recommend. Where's the one where they sing? Oh, the, the kids! If you're going, I mean, our, our ki- Ellen's Ellen's Stardust Diner. I mean, it doesn't even in, have to be in Midtown kids. Is, like is, is a place that the kid, our niece, but our kids who's a senior it, yeah. or a junior in high school, sophomore in high school, whenever she goes to New York, um, Ellen's they Stardust go Diner. There. They love yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, just a classic uh, diner with a 95-page menu, laminated, uh, where they tell you to sit anywhere. West Side Diner. At uh, 68th and Broadway is a uh, is a place where Rebecca, you and I, have had many a meal uh, back in the day. You were enraged when I read the uh, New York Times, Sunday New York Times, there and ignored me and, ignored and didn't you. offer me a section. Yeah, but uh, but anyway, um, and if yeah. you, and if you're doing all the touristy stuff, you'll be in Times Square, so you can go to go to that diner. Well, and, and Jeff says he sent in a swag request. This is very. Uh, uh, Graciously, that he sent in a swag request last year and didn't didn't get any swag, so he's well, re-requesting. You don't have it. a you don't have a folder, so he might need to reset. No, no, no. He's, he's, I've got oh, it. He did I've it got in right so, there. so it'll go out. Well, I okay. promise you, Jeff. Um, thank you for reminding me. Ralph in Maryland writes: I sent this email regarding episode two hundred six several weeks ago, and it seems to have been overlooked. I my my apologies, Ralph. It happens sometimes. Uh, I doubt I will ever learn to play the saxophone, and Alabama is still called the Crimson Tide. Rebecca, you're looking at me baffled. You don't recognize the lyrics from Deacon Blues, Steely Dan? It's a Steely Dan reference. They call oh. Alabama. I learned to play the saxophone, and I play just what I feel. Oh. Drink scotch whiskey all night long. You know, I take my saxophone playing seriously, so I don't know. I didn't know if he was really a you saxophonist. You are a saxophonist player. I am. Oh, I used to be. The, the, the protagonist in, in, um, in Deacon Blues learns to work the saxophone, which I think is different than play the saxophone. It really implies some kind of a blue-collar gigging that uh, that I don't think you've ever done. Midge, uh, a completionist and resident nurse practitioner, writes, uh, Stephen Rebecca, below is a link with information related to why we yawn. And indeed, she has uh, enclosed a medical uh, from oh, medical news Forward today. That to me. Uh, well, before bed, yawning could be taken as a sign that the body is preparing for sleep. When bored, yawning while doing a boring task may be a sign of the brain transitioning from a high level of alertness to a lower one. Okay. I think that, that certainly resonates. Yeah. And after exercise or sport, yawning after an intense sports activity may be a sign of transitioning from high energy to low energy in the brain. What if they're what if they're yawning in the middle of the practice? Well, I'm and, I don't, and we don't want them to be transitioning to a low energy. Well, Midge, I, I'm curious state. if there's any research on on if uh, if a spouse is yawning while the other spouse is talking uh, during a podcast. Well, that's right. Because the last time we recorded, I couldn't stop yawning. I was and I didn't even feel tired. I'm I. I Last few days, it's been good. I haven't yawned at all. I haven't felt that same drain. Uh, Mike in Wisconsin writes, uh, Dear Steve and Rebecca, please consider this uh, a ball and chain as a ball and chain pod version of a long-distance dedication. Oh, uh, should I slip into my Casey Kasem voice for please. this, Rebecca? yes. My husband, Mike, will be re- retiring in June after 32 years of teaching sixth-grade math. In addition to his time... Whoa, 32 years, sixth-grade math. We have a sixth-grader. Sixth-grade math can be challenging to teach, I would imagine. If, if I were... If I had paid more attention in sixth grade math, I could tell you what 32 times six would be. But that would be nothing. That's probably fifth grade math. Uh, In addition to his time in the classroom, he has coached multiple sports at the middle and high school level. 30 of those years were spent coaching JV girls volleyball and middle school boys and girls basketball. In addition, no greater calling than that. No. Um, Really. I mean, that is, uh, that's where we we still have a middle schooler and a uh, hope, hope to have a JV basketball player. In addition, he has been the athletic director at the middle school for the last few years. It has been a labor of love. He has enjoyed forming bonds with his players, seeing the players grow, and has enjoyed many more notches in the win than loss column. 
But there has also been personal sacrifice. Coaching means nights and weekends away from the family. After a particularly hectic week, our three-year-old son told our friend, Daddy not live here no more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, poor Daddy. Mike would duck out of the gym between varsity and JV volleyball matches to catch a few minutes of our son's soccer game in those rare occasions when both teams were playing at home. Uh, If this were a true long-distance dedication, Rebecca, Casey Kasem would now play Cats in the Cradle. Yes. Right? Yes. When you coming home, Dad, I don't know when, but we'll get together then. Mm -hmm. So I tip my hat to my husband for his dedication in the classroom and on the court, as well as to all of the other teachers and coaches who are making differences in children's lives. Thank you. I said this came in from Mike. This came in from Shannon in Wisconsin. Uh, what What a lovely tribute. Rebecca? Yes. An early Father's Day long-distance dedication yes. to Mike from Shannon. Happy Father's Day. In Wisconsin. Day. Happy Father's Day, and thank you for your for of your course. middle school, of JV, course. volleyball, and basketball coaching. It's, uh, it is uh, the ones who do it well and do it with dedication. Um, uh, we appreciate it. There's no greater, yeah. uh, no greater what, work. What an incredible impact you can have on kids. Rebecca, you remember uh, our podcast uh, thread about lots of businesses with and sons, but very oh, few yeah. with and daughters. Yeah. Uh, hi, Restiva. Thought of you when I saw these signs in Orleans, Orleans, Massachusetts, on Cape Cod, Rebecca. Oh, nice. I'm sure I've seen these signs myself. Down the block from where 6A meets West Street, near Shaw's. You know exactly where that is. I do, yes. Also, can you tell us what happens to all of the really good, and the sign, I should say, is Kramer and Daughters. Kramer and Daughters, uh, I don't know what they're, Fine Arts Interior Design. Kramer and Daughters Interior Design. So, uh, also, can you tell us what happens to all of the really good players who got waived from the WNBA? Will most go overseas? Thanks, Mary, a completionist. Uh, P.S. Thanks, Steve, for the swag worth the wait. Uh, and confession, sometimes I drive up to the mailbox. Sometimes <laughs> I drive over the mailbox. What, Rebecca? Uh, what happens to players when they're waived? Um, some yeah. of them Some of them did land with other teams, right? Well, yeah, so they wouldn't, many will go overseas, but that wouldn't be until the fall. So this, they stay in shape in the hopes that they get picked up on um, injury exemption hardship contracts. So for example, when uh, when Seattle, um, you know, had a couple players under the weather and what, weren't sure what was going to happen, they had two players who couldn't play because of COVID, they picked up um, a player who hadn't even been in their, in their training camp. Um, at Kayla Davis. And so, you know, players might end up getting picked up here and there. For the most part, they are somewhere, usually back home, wherever their homes might be, training, trying to stay in shape in case a W team picks them up. And then in the fall, they'll um, they'll go to their overseas team. Although this year, overseas is going to be a little bit different because I would imagine nobody's going to go to Russia. I mean, can't imagine anybody would go back because to Russia. Of Brittany because Brittany Griner situation. Because Brittany is still and beca- detained, not, not because of the Brittany Griner because of the Brittany Griner decision, and because and of the Rush of the Russia's war in war Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know how that then, because that's where all the best players went, because that's where the biggest money was. I don't know how that's going to impact other leagues. I don't know how that's going to impact players' desire and willingness to go overseas. Russia has to be done as a women's basketball destination you would think so so um so anyway it's it's going to be an interesting fall as these things kind of shake out does anybody serious question does anybody uh get waived at that level so you know you're still one of the 200 best women's basketball players in the world and and decide they're done playing basketball like i'm not going to go overseas i'm going to start if they have other things in the works, like if they get a, a, a coaching job at a college, an assistant yeah. coaching job, and they say, all right, I guess it's time for me to move on and, and I have a job and I need to be recruiting in the summer and doing those sorts of things, sure. Um, but a lot of women want to keep playing. And, of and, course. And you have an example like with the Connecticut Sun, they have a player on their team this year who is a 32-year-old rookie. I think she graduated in 2012 from Texas. And has been playing overseas. Um, Yvonne Anderson has been playing overseas all these years, and now has made a WNBA roster. So, um, you know, there's there's certainly a future for sure. these women, even if it me- doesn't mean they're on a team right now. Yo, Restiva writes uh, Harold, Harry, Harry from Tom, Dick, and Harry. Hello, Harold. Long time no chat. Hope all is well. I am an, I am an incompletionist and about two months behind. Congrats <laughs> on 200 plus episodes. I like that. He's an incompletionist. Yeah, and he's willing to admit it. it. It doesn't just imply that he hasn't 
gotten to all of them yet, it, it suggests strongly that he's never going to get to many of them, right? Right, right. He's a prodding completionist. I've enjoyed the verbal eye rolls from Rebecca when Steve plays on words. Yes. Well, I'm glad you can pick up those uh, uh, those over um, a non-visual medium because <laughs> they're plenty, plentiful. My favorite episode in the past year was when Steve told Rebecca that she was not fun. I thought, oh boy, them are fighting words. Instead, Rebecca owned up to her lack of funness and claimed she was fun 17 years ago, i.e. before kids. It was great banter and I laughed out loud. Rebecca... I am in the, fun in the, in the, in the, um, a, to a degree. You are fun within reason. You're fun within reason. Yes. I'm you're not, you're not, you're reason. not going, to, you're not uh, any more fun than you need to be. Right. You were a reasonable amount of fun. And I had a lot more. That, that would um, be, that would be a good, a good title for a, a, an autobiography or perhaps an album, a spoken word album that you put out, a reasonable amount of fun. Right. Of course I was more fun. Back when I was younger and had no responsibilities and more willing to, to have one or multiple beverages in the evening. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are uh, fun up to a point. Let's put it that way. You, it's all fun and games until somebody has too much fun, right? Right. Would you say that's your motto? Yes. I think, I think we're, we're selling you short. You're, you're a tremendous amount of fun, more fun than I am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, here's an update. Tom, Dick, and Hari, this is from Hari, is currently celebrating four college graduations this month. Shout out to Charlie Russian, who graduated from Loyola in yes, Chicago congratulations, this Charlie. past Friday. Amazing, yeah. Absolutely amazing. The, uh, the, uh, the person handing out the diplomas called him uh, Char- Charles Russian, which is, um, yeah. we hear a lot of that in this family. Maddie Markley, Julia Eubanks, and Kate Malone, congratulations, all of them. How about that? Congratulations, it's Tom Dick and Harry. Graduation season, it's amazing. The, the uh, progeny of Tom Dick and Harry are out there now, in the world. That's kind of scary. It's kind of scary. <laughs> True. We have our first gig of the summer season at 5 p.m. Saturday, May 21st, at the Art A World Festival in Northeast Minneapolis. Art A World Festival in Northeast Minneapolis, in Northeast. We play at the Elias Metal Studio stage. So if you're in the Twin Cities, May 21st at the Art A World Festival in Northeast Minneapolis at the Elias Metal Studio stage, 5 p.m. May 21st. All the best. Hari, Hari, thank you for the update. Rebecca, that leaves us just one cleanup hitter. That would be Dr. Gary Siegel. That would be DGS. Dear Rebecca and Steve, the opening dialogue of episode 209, Poised and Trembling, has led to the subject line of today's note. The, th- the subject line is... Who loves you, baby? Rebecca, do you know what we're talking about here? No. Kojak. Tully oh, Savalas. Oh, of course. Sure. You may recall that a woman asked Steve, is that Rebecca, to which you replied affirmatively. The woman then sang her praise of Rebecca and talked about how everyone loved her. She also seemed to give you, Steve, a bit less credit or acknowledgement than you deserved. Uh, she, not, no, she, she looked at me suspiciously as if I didn't love her uh, as much as, as the rest of the the general public did. Mm-hmm. And I conceded that while I love her uh, boundlessly, my love was perhaps not as as uh, rabid as the woman in the parking lot. Sound fair, Rebecca? Fair assessment? Fair. Since you've watched Kojak, also one of my favorite shows, the question is begged, Steve, who loves you, baby? The link below allows you to hear Telly Savalas ask you just that. Remember, he always had the little, yeah. the little sucker. Yeah. And uh, another, another t- items of note. One, we've not ever talked about the Star Trek brand as I grew up on the original series and have been a fan of that, as well as the James Bond franchise. Star Trek: Strange New Worlds began last week on a streaming service, just as Star Trek: Picard ended season two. Any our other viewers also Trekkies? I am not a Trekkie, Rebecca. However, I was born September twenty second, nineteen sixty six, the night that the third episode of Star Trek aired on, I believe, the NBC television network. I was born just as that was airing, 6.37 p.m. Central Time. And uh, and it explains, as I believe I've written before, why, perhaps why my mom gave me the, the Mr. Spock haircut for, for several years after that. <laughs> yeah, you did have that. Two, the F1 race in Miami was exciting for the first 10 and last 10 laps and otherwise a bit routine. The glitz factor was astronomical as stars from the sports and the entertainment worlds were everywhere to be found. Wait one second. So the first 10 and the last 10, and how many are there? There are 500? 
No, no, no. five hundred laps. laps I, I don't know how many laps there were. I don't think it's the a fixed amount depending on this on the, the length, length of, of the track. But okay. but the the as for the star power, there's this guy, this guy I forget his name, uh, who roams pit row before the race and he just he just thrusts microphones in people's face and, and our son and i were watching and it was hilarious and he'd say oh here's david beckham he, he's blanked me twice but i mean let me just reach in there and he gets through a scrum of people david david and, and beckham walks away and then later he corners him and david so-and-so from sky sports um his name is slipping my mind now he's a famous guy and then oh sure david beckham talks to him but this is the same guy who approached uh 610 or 611 paulo bancaro who will be in the nba draft from duke Ben Carroll played it, and and he thought he was Patrick Mahomes, and I don't know how that went. I didn't see that part, but it was apparently uh, comedy gold. While the Ferraris locked out the front row in qualifying, Max Verstappen and the Red Bull passed the Ferrari of Charles Leclerc on lap nine, and even at the end, after a safety car, Leclerc and P2 fought valiantly to chase down Verstappen, but he couldn't catch him. Verstappen was the winner. Also noteworthy was the fact that finishing in P5 and P6, respectively, were Mercedes teammates George Russell and Lewis Hamilton as Mercedes, while still not at the sharpest end of the grid, has improved to be the third fastest team. Mercedes is the team that has been dominating with Lewis Hamilton all these years, but the rule changes have hampered them somewhat, Rebecca. All of the teams will likely have upgrades in a fortnight when first in Europe, so the championship race is heating up. Notice Dr. Siegel's use of the word fortnight. Fortnight, yes, well done. Uh, very continental, well, very uh, British of them, really. Three, Mrs. DGS liked the fancy strawberries from the chocolatier. Chocol- the chocolatier. He, did, he didn't boldface at me, so I didn't know that I was coming. Fittingly, right. on the Monday after Mother's Day, Costco had chocolate-covered strawberries on sale, but our refrigerator was in good shape in terms of chocolate-covered fruit. Four, viewer Phil told a great tale of his leaving for UCLA with just a few things and a 1968 VW Beetle. My older brother had a 1970 model, yet in 2002 his SUV was loaded to the gills when he took his daughter to school. Furthermore, the next day, stops were made at Target and Bed Bath & Beyond to buy merch that wouldn't fit into the SUV. That story is quite familiar to our family as well, and Steve said it best. You'll be far clamped when you take your oldest to school, so I join with all others to wish you a happy time during graduation and all of the events of the summer. Rebecca, our daughter, yesterday mentioned uh, something that she wanted to get for her dorm, and so that has already begun. Sheets and a Sheets. comforter. Oh. Five, lastly, Sirius XM Radio sent a survey, and I'm sometimes a bit of a sucker for those. It took a few minutes to complete, and I attached an image of my computer screen when I got to the question in the survey to list my five favorite podcasts. Kindly see the attached picture with thanks from all the viewers. Warmest regards, uh, Gary, Monday night, and not proofing. Gary, thank you as always. And here's his, what are your favorite podcasts? Here's a, here's a questionnaire from Sirius XM. Please type up to five below. When you're done, please move on to the next question. Podcast one, Rebecca? Let's let's do it in reverse did, order. Did we make did we make one? Podcast five up first. Podcast four beyond the something. I don't know. I don't uh, know what that is. Po- we, I'm only seeing the the first right, you know, words I, in the box. Podcast it, yeah. three F one nation. Podcast two the daily a favorite of yours, Rebecca. Yes. Podcast oh, one. Did we make it? Podcast one. Yes. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. No, I'm just kidding. It's podcast one, ball and chain. He gave us the pole position. Pole position to use an F one. Thank you, Dr. Gary um, Siegel. Reference, Rebecca. Thank you, Dr. Siegel. You will remain on our fridge. Well, not you, but your picture of you and your family. We have a big graduation party coming up this weekend, uh, even before graduation, getting in early. And and any visitors to our house will, will marvel at Dr. Siegel's grandchildren on our fridge that's true when they'll say who are those we'll say those are dr siegel's grandchildren and they'll say who's dr siegel and we'll say we Look will, at that we, will we will that's throw them dr. out of the siegel. house how dare you he's he's uh he delivers babies oh did he deliver your children no we've in never Atlanta, met we, we don't live in atlanta right <laughs> i'll let you do the explaining on that one well thank you denny gallagher for tom not for Tom, Dick, and Harry. Thank you, viewers. Thank you, viewers. Thank you, everybody. Tom, Dick, Harry, play us out. Sing says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. The road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane Six of us and the family pet Live in cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity To a daily test 
Androgynous and ambiguous While we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane